Hello and welcome to the next episode of The Prestige, a podcast about films, filmmaking and film theory. Each episode we'll be focusing on a particular movie and then using that movie to go into a theme in a deeper mode and use a jumping off point to talk about bigger ideas about film and film theory. And then after some reviewing and discussion slash arguments, we're going to finish off with a few other bits and pieces, recommendations and all that. But first off, who are we? So I'm... Rob Maython. I've spent the last decade or so working in the British film industry, uh, working as a film colourist, working as an editor, working as part of the uh, the uh, workflow team, making films look pretty. And my name's Sam Knowles, and I'm a writer and teacher, and I've written books and articles about um, other books and graphic novels. So this week we are looking at Warrior. And more generally, the idea of, of a sports film. And uh, Rob, I understand you have something surprising to start with. Well, I, I will come to it more in time. But I would open by saying that I don't think Warrior is a sports film. Good. Right. That's this episode completely short. <laughs> <Rob, laughs> oh, well, that's a, that's a giant sparring that works early on. But I will explain in time uh, what I mean by that. But I think, first of all, it's worth talking about the film as a text itself rather than theory based mm-hmm. um, Warrior is the story of two brothers, two estranged brothers who coincidentally decide to enter the same mixed martial arts tournament yeah <laughs> um, one brother is a sort of not drugged out but very much on a downward spiral in his life ex-marine um dealing with a lot of um, emotional issues about his growing up. The other brother is a teacher and an ex-UFC fighter trying to sort of make it in the real world and trying to find a way to look after his family. And so they both enter it through different means. There's also their dad, who's an ex-alcoholic, ex-wrestling trainer. And there's lots of history to the film. I think... This is what I mean when I say it isn't a sports film. Right. And if you think about sports films, what you often think about sports films, they are about the sport. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, particularly, I mean, almost the classic examples of things like uh, Mighty Ducks, Fill the Dreams, very often all the decisions and all the um, sort of plot points lead towards a better sports performance. Right, yes. Whereas Warrior works the other way round, I think, that sports performance leads to better decisions and better better relationships outside the octagon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I will say that I love this film. I think it's a brilliant film. I think it's one. Of, it was certainly one of my favourite films of uh, 2011 when it came out. Mm. Um, Sam, your thoughts? Yeah, well, it was it was one I I didn't see at the time, and I was annoyed by this, and thought I should get around to seeing it, as happens with so many films. So I'm glad I did, um, and I would completely agree, I would agree with you about, um, you put it more eloquently than I would about it not being a sports film. But I'd say I compare it with Reservoir Dogs last week, and it's it's definitely not about it's a sensible subject in this case fighting. Mm. Um, and that's a good thing. Um, I think while John Edgerton and Tom Hardy are believable when fighting against amateurs or taking people by surprise, they are completely... I mean, the idea of them both as world beaters in a 
in a death match between the the world's greatest middleweights in UFC cage is utterly ridiculous. Mm. Um, like even though, well, I I was listening to Mark Kermo talking about um, Tom Hardy this evening. He was talking about Mad Max, um, and he was talking in glowing terms about the physicality of Tom Hardy and how lots of the best acting that Tom Hardy does is um, physical acting, is the, mm. the way the way he moves rather than what he says necessarily. And I was thinking that even in, there's that scene where, um, well, the father you talked about, um, Nick Nolte has a, a, yeah, documented problems with alcohol in the film, and there's a scene where he, he has a breakdown and, Tom Tom Hardy basically comes to his rescue, but even the way Tom Hardy moves in that scene is like a fighter. Yes, like he has he has embodied that role. So even though I would say he's not really convincing as a prize fighter, I don't think either of them are. I think, um, the way he moves is incredibly powerful. I think there's, I mean, aside from the the, the story itself, I think there's an amazing filmic bits to this film I think talking about the, the styles both of them very much have a fighting style that's different and unique yes uh, Tom Hardy's character um, who is uh, called uh, um, Tommy he's, he's very caged animal I'd say yeah he's, his fights are brutal they are vicious he is unrelenting uh, I, I had a look actually at some of the history of UFC of mixed martial arts and there's quite an interesting thing there. The the two styles you were talking about, they sort mm. of those are two styles, two warring styles that they have that have existed throughout mixed martial arts. Um, yeah, I mean, there is the, the the sparring style versus the grappling style. Mm. And the the sort of the violent hitting style versus the wrestling style. And it's with I mean competitors have come from the realm of boxing or taekwondo and have come up against wrestlers and it, 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 that that conflict is something that's been at the center of ufc and it's interesting that that is embodied in the film yeah i think i think that's they use they use that as i was saying earlier about it being the wrong way around from sports films they use that fighting style to kind of tell you more about the characters mm, yeah you see them both fighting and um, Brendan, who is uh, Jonathan's character, he's much more submission holds. He's much more patient as a fighter. Yes, he's like, I will take pain, take pain, take pain until I get that one moment and I'll strike with a hold. And as you watch the film, those those two styles and the way they fight informs what you know about the characters. So when they come to the scene, the, the more personal scenes, you already have a little bit of knowledge about that, which is very different to a, how sports films work. I would also add to that that filmically, as in filmic techniques, they do a lot of interesting things early on. If you watch the first probably half an hour of the film, mm-hmm. very much it looks like you're watching two different films. When it jumps from one so- one one story to another, because they are dual protagonists really. Yeah. Uh, Tommy's scenes are they are dark, they are moody, they are out of focus. They are you. They are ba- well, not badly shot, but they are. Be used to people's heads, you get half their faces. It's very much kind of that rough and ready style. And then you kick over to um, Brendan's half, and they're much brighter, they're much more traditional filmic techniques. And you almost start with these two brothers. Obviously, 
emotionally opposite, but also filmically opposite. Mm. And as the film progresses and their two sort of the two trains come together, the filmic style coalesces into a single into a single style, obviously culminating in the final fight where they meet each other. That was, that that was a very interesting, interesting sort of subtle filmic technique mm. being used there. Yeah, I was I was thinking. Sorry to interrupt. I was thinking um, that scene where they meet um, they meet on the beach before the before the competition takes place. And it's the first mm. time you see the two brothers. Um, there is a brilliant. I, I was thinking about that scene visually before um, before you you'd made that comment. Um, I was just thinking how that is a meeting of light and dark, and it is a scene that essentially takes place in the dark. So it mm. takes place in the world of Tommy, yes. going on what you're saying. But there are the lights of the casinos and the hotels and everything else up on the promenade, and that's sort of the the influence of Brendan coming through. So when they meet, is is these two worlds coming together? This light and dark coming together. Also, I was thinking. Um, uh, one other thing about the way it was shot was um, there is a scene where Brendan fights. It's it's one of one of the earlier ones. It's either midnight or the the second round fight that he has, um, and the other fighter is shot framed through Brendan's legs, and that's the sort of thing that you expect from Tommy's narrative. Mm. Like what you were saying, that sort of quirky way of of shooting faces is something that you expect from his brother and that's a sign that that Brendan and Tommy are coming together yeah I, I think that's, that's, that's what I'm trying to say is that they they use the filmic styling editing camera work to inform more of the story which as much as I love sport films often you don't see hmm. uh, this is much more in the vein of sports films like um, The Fighter or Million Dollar Baby that kind of films about sports rather than sports films yes um, and I think as, as we start to look at wider ideals that's sort of a distinction that's worth really talking about a little bit yes um, we're kind of at a disadvantage here for those of you who don't know us um, in that Rob's not much of a sports fan and I don't know much about sports films but we do know the other half of that. So yes. this is going to be a strange conversation. <laughs> um, but um, and see, it's an interesting separation there between, between a film about sport and a film sort of driven by sports. Um, yes. And can you say a bit more about that? So I suppose the examples I'd give would be something like, on one side you've got Million Dollar Baby. Right. Which is about people in that sports world mm. the sports are there and they are used to inform character notes but it's about the people whereas and this obviously is a quite a large jump if you look at the plotting wise something like mighty ducks which is a sports film in that it's all about the sports progression rather than the character progression yeah um, there, are, there, are, there are obviously character notes in these there are character arcs but it's all about the personal it's all about the the sports team going from nothing to one place to another that's the the hero's journey is a team journey or a sports journey yeah whereas in films that I would call shall we say about films about sports the hero's journey is a person's journey 
there there may be a sports journey too um and there are certainly films that kind of sit between these two films like um moneyball um probably sits somewhere between the two the rocky films sit somewhere between the two i think there are certainly the earlier rockier films are more films about sports and the later ones are much more sports films um and i'm well aware i'm saying sports an awful lot um (laughs) but i think that that's two of every films things bleed between the two yeah but i think that that's a distinction that we can talk about i think the warrior sits very much on the side of films about sports yeah and the tropes would be what informs and what's the hero's journey yeah and i think that well that links into something i'd say about why sports films are so popular Mm. um and I think a lot is to do with predictability. Yes. Um, so people make them because sport is popular and we we understand that there is a narrative there. There is a guaranteed narrative to a sports film. Um, sport is conflict and whether you think that Warriors is a sports film or not, I mean, Warriors is about conflict. Um, and conflict is like a part of humanity. It's a part of who we are. Um, it's it's sort of an, an essential part of humanity, not in the sense of something we need necessarily, but in the sense of something that we are when we relate to other people. Mm. Um, but also, they often don't work. Um, and I think a reason behind that is the idea that it's difficult to get the action looking convincing. Yes. And this, this goes back to um, what I was saying about Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton in in the later in the in the last act of that film, which I think as it as it becomes only it's a it's a brilliant film filmically all the way through, but it grows psychologically as a film in inverse proportion to its success as a film about the sport of fighting. Like yes. the the more convincing the fights are, the less good it, less convincing it is as a film about two brothers. And then the end, you have this this brilliant and incredibly moving sequence at the end when it's just ridiculous. And the fighting is, is no longer... So it is no longer credible towards the end of the film. And I think that, that credibility is something that's really difficult to get in, in the sports film. I think that's, and that's a, a, a casualty of narrative at times, in that we, we, we go to films... Um, a expecting something like even though you have films like Net Warrior that kind of play with that narrative, and even last week Reservoir Dogs plays with narrative tricks. Yeah, we have an understanding of what a film narrative could be, and sports, as much as they have narrative built into them, and there are stories in those films, in, in those in those games, there isn't any guarantee of a payoff. No, you, you if you follow the the team at the bottom of the league for the series. They might end up at the bottom of that league at the end. Yeah. As as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan in NFL, I'm well aware of that fact. Yeah. Um, so you can, I think sometimes we, we trying to mix those two. One clearly has a narrative, and one clearly is not going to have a narrative. You're going to have that conflict. Um, and an interesting example just here is like Mean Machine. Which is a Vinnie Jones film about football. Uh, right. Okay. I I uh, do not know it. Do you know? Do you know the film The Longest Yard? Yes. Yeah. The Longest Yard is 
the British remake. No, the Me Machine is the British remake of The Longest Yard. Right. Okay. Is uh, it? Is it Vinnie Jones in prison? Yes. It's believable. Um, it's Vinnie Jones in prison, who's an ex-footballer, um, who goes to prison and about doing a football team in prison. And in, this is one film where you've got someone who's actually been a professional football player playing a professional football player, but still the narrative of the sport has to be submerged in the narrative of the film. Yeah. Because it's a different medium, and as audiences, we expect a certain amount of uh, sort of narrative to flow and the narrative sort of buy-in that we aren't getting in a sports world. I think that's sometimes the popularity of sports is that search for a narrative. Mm. And you can speak more on that, I'm sure, than I can. But I know that a lot of, from my experience of, of sporting and sporting sort of fandom that I have, I have bits and places, it's very much the search for that narrative of the the underdog, you know, the reigning champ being brought low, all that kind of narrative tropes we try and apply to real-world games of skill and luck. I, I was just thinking there that something, going back to this idea of success and thinking about narrative, I just think that a film will naturally be more successful as a sports film if there is a shorter narrative. And with something like uh, five rounds of five minutes each fight, there's much less of a narrative there to mm. trip yourself up over. Whereas the longer the sports get, and it was something you, you were talking about last week, you were talking about um, NFL as a game of sort of bluff and counter-bluff, sort of, yes. the way the narrative played out. The, as the game gets longer... As the sport gets longer, the idea of a narrative becomes less believable. And I wonder whether, for that reason, for example, a film about cricket. It, it, there are films about cricket, but they don't entirely work. And maybe it's for that reason. And the more, mm. the shorter, the more explosive a, a sports film is, the the better it works. And I think this is why, as, as, as a culture, Americans do more sports films than we do. On the basis, that their sports tend to be more decisive win. Yes. Now, I, I, this is, bear with me on this one. But I was watching Pitch Perfect two on Friday. Oh God. Um, now I like Pitch Perfect. I didn't like Pitch Perfect two. Um, but they are very much sports films. Can I, can I just tell everyone that Pitch Perfect two is unlikely to come up in the foreseeable future on this podcast? Um, but, but they are very much sports films. Right. Um, in 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 the tropic structure of them. Um, they're very, in the same way Bring It On is kind of a sports film but the problem I have with Pitch Perfect is I can watch every single performance of the final and not know who's won yes because I, they all sound like they're very good um, a cappella singers um, and that's why I think sometimes you have to the, where, where the American sports like NFL or there was a clear winner that you can visually understand yes it's a better basis for a sports film. I mean, Pitch Perfect, I, I enjoyed the first one a lot. I think a lot of that is down to the charisma of Anna Kendrick and some of the, the characters in it. But yeah, like they tell me they won, but I don't really know how or why. Yes. Um, and even sports where, like like uh, baseball, where I don't really understand the rules, there's a way to get it down to one physical visual action that means the win. Yes. And for example, to take a sport that you know about and I don't really... And NFL, I have never really understood NFL, and and I I like a lot of sports, but American football is just not one I can get into. But I can always tell who's winning, and yes, 
there's something visual about NFL where you just think, okay, I can understand what's going on in this game. And I think that's, if you're looking at what makes a good or bad sports film, having an audience who can get it yes. is the important one. And I think things that's why things like, um, what's it called? Uh, the Voice and American Idol, that kind of thing, which are similar in that kind of narrative arc, have never spawned a film. Because if you put two two singers on the top stage, they're both good. I don't know. Um, and I think there's that's why American ones have have done so much better than our ones over here. Whereas our our films, things like Fever Pitch, and Bend It Like Beckham, and even Wimbledon, as you mentioned, I think two weeks ago, they're more films about sports. Yeah. The British, because our sports are a little less big win we tend to do the ones around the people versus around the game. Yeah, and that that was something I thought about Warrior, actually. I found myself thinking about half an hour from the end. Well, whoever wins this, the, the, there is a win. Like, yes. you're sort of, you're, you're rooting for the brothers towards as the film goes on, and you realise that by the time the last fight comes around, well, whoever wins, the brothers have won. So it doesn't really matter, although it, d- it does matter for various reasons. But there is something. I mean, there, there's in that sense, this isn't a particularly American film. Then going on what you were saying, there's no, there's no real big win, and it is a film about about the development of a character rather than about the development of the character's sporting prowess. Yeah, and I think that's. If it isn't like I was saying about Rocky earlier, like Rocky is. Obviously, quite a sports iconic film, but the first one, Rocky loses. Mm. In the in the first film, Apollo Creed wins that film. Well, wins that fight, mm. and that's where we talk about the the the, narr- the, narr- the hero's journey of a film. Why it's the character's journey, not the sport, but the team's journey. Is at the end, the result of the game doesn't matter as much as the result of the person. Yes, yeah, um, and I think. I, I, you'd be a bit better than me on this, but whether the nature of British sports lends itself less to, as you were saying earlier, that the quick win. Yes, yeah. Our, our games are more endurance-based games rather than a quick turnover, the quick, um, tr- the quick touchdown, the three-point shot, that kind of thing. Yes. Well, you can certainly see that. I mean, the the most common result in in British football is one-one. Like I mean, and that's to an American. That's that's ridiculous. I mean, how can the most common result in in a in a game of sport be a draw, where each side scores once in a whole game of ninety minutes? I mean, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, even even before you think about cricket and the famous gripe against cricket that you you play for five days and then then it's a draw and no one wins. Mm. Well. Even if you go with something like relatively explosive compared to that, like football, like like English football, you you still get the same sense that th- there is a a grander narrative going on, and and the individual win doesn't matter certainly yes. so much as it does in America. I I'd agree. I think that's a a great place to to sort of wrap up our discussion. Uh, but as always, we try and bring you a couple of recommendations. What we kind of call further reading, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sam yes what do you have well going on your idea of of 
two separate categories of, of sports film then. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this vein of the the narrative of of a protagonist, and I suppose it's it's fairly predictable when when thinking about Warrior, but I would recommend The Wrestler as well. Yes, good call. Um, particularly, well, it has a particularly similar um, narrative when, when you think of the substance abuse of the father in Warrior, for instance. But The, the Wrestler is a really good film. Um, and my second one, on the other side, is when you... When when you were talking about films, sports films rather than films that have sport in them, um, you were talking about the hero narrative being that of a team. Um, I was going back to something like Cool Runnings, which mm. is not a great film, but is it, it's a really it, it's it's a great it's a great team narrative, and the the idea the the success and the highs and lows that you follow that team through. That's that's really interesting. And my third one, which would be a particularly left field one, um and it's got it's got the 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 tropes of a sports film. It's got youthful promise, it's got setbacks, it's got family support, it's got self destruction, it's got redemption. And then it finishes with action scenes. So my third would be Rounders as a ah. brilliant, brilliant, one of my favourite films about poker. So not not really a sport film at all. In fairness, I brought up Pitch Perfect earlier, so I think uh, I, I, I can't claim any kind of hierarchy for what's uh, what. I was going to offer two f- uh, recommendations this week, one of which most people forgot even exists. And it's a film called Gridiron Gang. Right. Uh, now this uh, features one of my favourite actors of all time, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, <laughs> but, but essentially, he's a like a prison guard in a youth detention centre. Right. Who forms a fo- a American football team out of the um, about the uh, the inmates. Mm-hmm. So if you imagine the longest yard, but not played for laughs, it's straight up drama about these kids. And the problems they face in the real outside world, understanding how sport can build teamwork and respect and self-respect and that kind of thing. Mm. Um, it's based on a true story, and it certainly takes liberties with that story, and it is, it's very clearly pulling on those heartstrings. Uh, but if you're looking at a, a film that, on surface, can look quite sports film, but really is a film about sports, mm. that's what I'm looking out. My other other recommendation isn't even a movie. It's a TV series. <laughs> uh, I know what this is going to be. It's called Friday Night Lights. I <laughs> um, know. Fr- oh, uh, Friday Night Lights is almost the reboot of the film of the same name. I suggested, I actually considered suggesting that for this week. And then I thought, I, there, I have not got enough time to watch as much as Rob has watched of that. Yes, the, the sh- the show is awesome. Um, it has it, it can get a bit soapy at times, but it's essentially if you look at something like that, that the real stories behind the sports. Mm-hmm. This is a great way. It's very much the action on the pitch informs the characters. It informs their actions, but it's very much a character-driven show, um, and it's full of people who you recognise. It's full of brilliant actors. There are some dodgy bits around season two, and the last season gets a bit weird, um, but. It's it's a worth if you're into sort of looking at this sort of stuff. 
find that lights is definitely worth checking out. Good. Well, that seems like a great place to end it. it and does. Um, um, well, I will look forward. To, uh, see, why, why do I always end up talking rubbish at the end of podcasts? I don't know how to end them. Let me do them. Uh, guys, thanks for listening for another week. Uh, you can check us out on Twitter at Prestige Podcast, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Kaiju Industries. And you can find me at Life Academic. Uh, and we will see you guys next week with another film and another topic. See ya.